You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. The new book by Jeff Goodell is The Water Will Come. Thank you for joining me, Jeff. Thank you for joining me, Jeff. Thanks for having me. This book is about the clash between physics and psychology, human psychology. On one hand, we have the physics of climate change. They're inevitable. It is going to happen. And So how much sea level change can we expect by the end of this century? Well, it's, you know, no one knows. Scientists are, have a range of uncertainty about it. Um, it. You know, it could the high end right now is about eight feet. That's from the latest uh, NOAA reports, science, you know, the top science agency in the U.S. Um, that's the high end. The low end is something, you know, two or three feet. Um, this, the, the alarming thing is, the, is that as we understand what's happening with the ice sheets more and more, the, the range is moving towards the higher end uh, in the, each succeeding, succeeding science report. So, you know, it, 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 the, the uncertainty is, is, is never going to be really resolved. But what's important to understand is that even modest levels of sea level rise, even two or three feet, even four feet, it, are, will have huge implications for how we live on the coasts. It's um, odd to think that uh, nature itself gives us, uh, I guess, scenes from coming attractions, as it were. <laughs> uh, one of those was the the hurricane that uh, took out uh, much of uh, New York, and a man who's acting like uh, who stood up for for climate change being real is uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio, who was just reelected last night, something that hasn't happened in 32 years. Uh, talk about your uh, experience that actually led you to re- write this book. Well, you know, I've been writing about climate change for 15 years, all different aspects of it and clean energy and, you know, thinking about this a lot. But and I knew about sea level rise, but uh, it was always sort of a, a, some, something in the background, as it is for most people. They go to the beach. They don't see the water that much higher than they were there two weeks ago. So they think of it, as I did, as something far off in the distance. And then I was in New York City the day after the water receded after Hurricane Sandy, and I was walking around the Lower East Side and seeing all of the... Um, you know, people pulling, you know, soggy furniture out of their houses and the, uh, you know, cars that were still full of water and the smells of the mold and everything. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, the devastation that I saw was amazing. And I, I talked to some scientists at Columbia and they said, you know, one way to think about this is as a kind of, you know, dress rehearsal for what sea level rise will look like. Imagine that nine feet of water that came in to Manhattan, which is sort of the high end of what we might see by the end of the century, if it came in and didn't go out. And that really activated my imagination and was really the sort of beginning of this book. You know, there are so many interesting consequences to climate change. And for me, the some of the economic consequences were just fascinating in the way this plays out, especially in um, municipalities in, I think it was Florida, where um, the... Uh, Members of a rich community were when when water when land goes underwater. If you own land and it, and the water comes up over it, all of a sudden you don't own it anymore. That's the law. Right. So when the 
due to civic inaction, the water rises. Uh, the members of a community went and sued their their leaders under saying that you, uh, by virtue of doing nothing, you the government unjustly seized our land, which I thought was a fascinating right. <laughs> a way to kind of uh, uh, take NIMBY into a whole new uh, arena. Well, it brings up a lot of the um, incredibly complex legal and economic uh, implications of this. And what actually happened with there was that um, a coastal road washed out, the road that was the access to these uh, 20 or 30 homes along the Florida coast. And these homeowners gathered together and said you know, you know, to the county uh, that you built this road 40 years ago because you built it and it's the way we get to our house. You have undertaken, we have an expectation that you will continue to maintain this road. And because of a rising seas, that road was getting washed out and washed out. And the county was saying, basically, we can't afford to keep rebuilding this road every two years. It's going to bankrupt us. And the homeowners said, no, you, you, you have to, because if you don't, we can't get to our houses. And they argued that it was a, a, a taking, a constitutional taking of their property by not maintaining this road. And they went to court about it, and the, to state court, and they actually won that case. And so they ended up doing a deal with the county, but it brings up the kind of implications uh, that sea level rise has. If a county like this spends all their money dealing with rebuilding this one road for these people, there's not much money left for the rest of the county. And so how do you appropriate this money? And it becomes very quickly very expensive. What we're looking at is a clash between physics and psychology. Uh, physics is going to win. And the way psychology can help us win is for us to start thinking differently about how we live around water. And the place you found a great example of that was Nigeria. Yeah, it was fascinating to visit. You know, Nigeria is a, a country of, I mean, a city, uh, uh, excuse me, Lagos is a city of, of 20 million people. And um, Three or four hundred thousand people live in these water slums in the lagoon uh, behind the, the behind the city, and I and I I went there and uh, spent a couple of weeks there with in these water slums, and it was really remarkable because it really showed you know if you, you talk to them about storm surges and sea level rise and all that, they were like, fine, we, you can raise the seas all you want. We'll just raise our houses a little bit more, and our boats will still float, and everything will be fine. There was no anxiety, no issue. It was not, you know, they were worried about many things, but one of the things they were not worried about is sea level rise and storm surges. And it just showed that, you know, our problem, the, the problem for us is all of this built infrastructure we have along the coastlines and our own thinking that this is the only way to do it, that, that you know, this is, if, if we can't build the strip malls on the beach, then, you know, we don't know how what to do, and and for I think one of the big challenges that this book underscores is the idea that we're going to have to change how we think about our lives and how we live with water and embrace change, and you know live in a different way. Your uh, travels for this book took you on a sneak preview of the end of the world, <laughs> in locations all around the world, yet you came away from this book, and I read this book, and it feels kind of positive. I mean, it's this is a positive book with a picture of New York underwater on the front cover. How, how do you have a positive attitude after seeing what you've seen? Well, you know, I, I really think that 
um, what this book forced me to do was to see that um, the, just like our lives, the world is changing and em- embracing change uh, is hard. And we all like our homes, um, the idea of losing a home or a special place on the beach. You know, I spent a lot of time here in the Bay Area. I, you know, I grew up in Sunnyvale and was in Santa Cruz all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I have a very strong connection to coast to the coast here. And the idea of any of it going away makes me very sad. But you know, kind of that's the that's the reality of the world that we're living in now that we're creating for ourselves. And I think that um, for me, uh, seeing that and thinking about that has 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 made um, my spending time in in some of these places that I know are going to be lost, as I did in this book for made them sort of more vivid because I realized that these places, just like our lives are are not permanent and are going away. and um, made me kind of pay attention to things more. And I really do think that just because we've decided to live on our coast in one way, it doesn't mean it's the only way. And I, I've talked to a lot of architects and urban planners who have really interesting ideas about how to live with water. And we love living with water. And I think we'll figure out new ways to do it. But we need to start thinking about that now. The new book by Jeff Cadell is The Water Will Come. Thank you for joining me, Jeff. Thank you for having me. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.